passage today picks up in the book of Revelation, chapter 18, beginning with verse 1. After this, so whenever you see these words like after this, whenever you see words like this, you want to go back and review what has just occurred. After this, I saw another angel coming down from heaven, having great authority. All right, so angels have levels of authority. Just like demons have levels of authority, angels have levels of authority. This angel has great authority. And the earth was made bright with his glory. All right, so this is a very powerful angel that illuminated, okay? This angel illuminated the atmosphere. He called out in a mighty voice, Fallen, fallen is Babylon the great. She has become a dwelling place for demons, a haunt for every unclean spirit, a haunt for every unclean bird, a haunt for every unclean and detestable beast. Now, remember who is Babylon the Great? Who is this she? This is the false. Oh, one day this pen will work. The false church. during the tribulation. Now, you know, there's people that write entire books that this is the Roman Catholic Church. Well, in one sense it is. This church is centered among the seven hills, which refers to the seven hills of Rome. In one sense it is, but every true born-again Catholic is gone. Every, every Catholic that is saved by faith is gone in the rapture, debunked. And you know what? Just like the Catholic Church's buildings will be used by the false church, Forgive me, every church's buildings will be used by that false church, okay? I mean, so so don't, don't get on your high horse and say, this is the Roman Catholic Church. This is the false church of the tribulation. And notice, she has become, not always, not before. So this is not before. This is during the tribulation. Has become a dwelling place for demons, a haunt for every unclean spirit, where unclean spirits hang out. A haunt for every un birds, unclean birds hang out. Detestable beasts and unclean beasts hang out. For all nations have drunk of the wine of the passion of her sexual immorality, and the kings of the earth have committed immorality with her, and the merchants of the earth have grown rich from the power of her luxurious living. Wow. Now, I want you to notice characteristics of the false church in the tribulation. The passion of her sexual immorality. Sexual immorality is going to be one of the big, and we talked about this the other day, one of the big controlling factors of this false church. Now, before you think that's weird, think with me. When the people of Israel had forsaken God and the temple became Ichabod, the glory departed, they had temple prostitutes in God's house. Think with me, uh, going back to the sons of Eli, they were having sex with women inside the temple courts in the ancient tent of meeting in the wilderness when it was set up at Shiloh. Think with me about all the uh, Greek and Roman gods and goddesses and how part of their worship was the act of sexual immorality, the temple prostitutes. So before you think that this is all that strange, it is strange to true Christianity. 
But sexual immorality is very much a part of false religion. So just let me make that very clear. Sexual immorality, SI, is not a part of, true Christ, of the true church. But sexual immorality is a large part of false religion. It's something that you just, you know, it, it doesn't enter into our minds as Christians because it's wrong. You know, as part of the Ten Commandments, it's pretty basic. But to the false church, sexual immorality is a powerful force. And the kings of the earth committed immorality with her. All right, so one of the things that th this false church does is provide rulers of the world with sex, okay? And the merchants of the earth have grown rich from the power of her luxurious living. So the false church during the tribulation is going to be extravagant. Extravagant display of wealth. It's all about a display of wealth. That false church during the great tribulation, if you think you've seen wealth in the Great Tribulation, you will see a huge concentration of wealth within the false church. It will, it will be beyond comprehension. Then I heard another voice from heaven saying, Come out of her, my people, lest you take part in her sins, lest you share in her plagues. Now notice, there are people saved during the Tribulation, during the tribulation, 144,000 witnesses, etc., And some of these people will think that, you know, this is where mom and dad went to church. This is where Lolo and Lola went to church. And so they will think that being a part of that false church is the same as being a part of the church when Lolo and Lola went there before the rapture. And it's not going to be. For her sins are heaped as high as heaven, and God has remembered her iniquities. Pay her back as she herself has paid back others, and repay her double for her deeds. So pay back, repay her double for her deeds. Mix a double portion for her cup in the cup she mixed. In other words, the other thing about the false church is a church of vengeance. Okay? She does payback. This false church does payback big time. As she has glorified herself and lived in luxury. Now notice, the true church is given glory by Jesus. The false church glorifies herself. She lived in luxury. Okay, that's coming back to this whole thing of this luxurious living of the false church during the tribulation. So give her a like measure of torment and suffering, since in her heart she says, I sit as a queen, I am no widow, and mourning I shall never see. Now listen to the attitude of the false church. The false church does not believe she's a widow. The false church does not believe that, that she's been abandoned, and mourning I shall never see. For this reason her plagues will come in a single day, death, mourning, and famine, and she will be burned with fire, for mighty is the God who has judged her. The false church, the FC, 
shall end in one day. On one day, that great prostitute will be destroyed. And as I showed you the other day, will be destroyed by the Antichrist. In one day, the false church will be wiped out. So this, the false church is not going to make it to the end of the Great Tribulation, all right? It's going to have a good run for a few years and get extremely wealthy and extremely powerful, and then, boom, be wiped out in a day. Now, this isn't nice stuff to read on Christmas Day, but we need to finish our Bible this year. All right, let's open up our hearts and spend some more time in worship. Good morning. Come and join me in celebrating Jesus. Everybody's gathering around the Christmas tree Laughing and talking and singing so merrily There's pumpkin pies and toys Happy girls and boys But what's the proper meaning Behind the Christmas joy We're celebrating Jesus That's what Christmas means to me It's the birthday of the one Who makes the blind to see Well, he purchased my salvation Way back on Calvary We're celebrating Jesus That's what Christmas means to me Labels jingling down the lane The choir is singing Christmas songs again There's presents round the tree One for you and me But the greatest gift of all Is still our soul set free We're celebrating Jesus That's what Christmas means to me It's the birthday of the one Who makes the blind to see Well, he purchased my salvation Way back on Calvary We're celebrating Jesus That's what Christmas means to me Brings to town. It's nothing new to Christians, cause we feel it all year round, all year round. We feel it all year round. Everybody's gathering around the Christmas tree, laughing and talking and singing so merrily. There's no flakes on the ground Loved ones all around But Christmas lights won't shine as bright As always joy I've found We're celebrating Jesus That's what Christmas means to me It's the birthday of the one Who makes the blind to see well, he purchased my salvation Way back on Calvary 
We're celebrating Jesus, that's what Christmas means to me. You know I'm celebrating Jesus, that's what Christmas means to me. Christmas. Our Old Testament passage today begins in the book of Haggai chapter 1. Haggai chapter 1. In the second year of Dairus, the king, in the sixth month, on the first day of the month, the word of the Lord came by the hand of Haggai the prophet to Zerubbabel, son of Shatil, governor of Judah, and to Joshua, the son of Jehozadak, the high priest. Thus says, now notice, the focus, the word of the Lord came to Zerubbabel, and to Joshua, okay? So this is to the governor and to the high priest. So this is a focused word of God, focused prophecy. And I don't like to use that word prophecy because, you know, we don't have directive prophecy in the New Testament. We have exhortation and comfort and edification. But, you know, when, when people start prophesying hellfire and brimstone, have you ever noticed that's not in the New Testament? The gifts of the Spirit are for edification, exhortation, and comfort, not hellfire and brimstone. So Old Testament prophets function very differently than New Testament prophets. Old Testament prophets were focused on a people that God treated as one. New covenant salvation is more individualistic. So this is a focused Word of God. Thus says the Lord of hosts, this people say the time has not yet come to rebuild the house. Okay? This people, these people. Then the word of the Lord came by the hand of Haggai the prophet. Is it time for you yourselves to dwell in your paneled houses while this house lays in ruins? Now, therefore, thus says the Lord of hosts, consider your ways. You have sown much, but harvested little. You eat, but never have enough. You drink, but never have you fill. You clothe yourself, but no one is warm. You earn wages, you put them into, the, into a bag with holes. Now, I want you to notice what God is saying here. He's saying, these people say, no to a building program. God wants his house rebuilt. These people say, no, it's not the right time. But he said, now, wait a minute, your house, it's time. So God says, why not my house? So God says, look at life. He said, look at your life. You're not prospering. You're getting by, okay? You're only getting by. Not prospering. Consider your ways. Now, when God says consider your ways, you need to take a hard look at your life and your decisions. Go up to the hills, bring wood, and build the house that I may take pleasure in it, that I may be glorified, says the Lord. So when you build God's house, please forgive me, you're giving to God. 
You're, you're, you're doing something for God. God takes pleasure in his house. So when people tell you, oh, when you, you, do a, when you give, give to a building, you're not giving to God. Well, excuse me. He said, that I may take pleasure in it, that I may be glorified. You're, you're doing something that will bring glory to God. You look for much and behold, it came to little. And when you brought it home, I blew it away. Why? Declares the Lord of hosts. Because this house of mine lies in ruins while each of you busies yourself with your own house. Now God says, listen, excuse me, I want you to have a good life. But God says, I want you to prioritize my house. Our priority in life, the place of worship. This is our priority in life. Therefore, the heavens above, you have withheld the dew, and the earth has withheld its produce. I have called for a drought on the land and the hills, on the grain, the new wine, the oil, and all on what the ground brings forth, on man and beast and on all their labors. Okay, So a drought can affect the land. It can affect what the land brings forth. It can affect the man, the beast, and on all their labors. So a drought A drought affects all source of income. Then Zerubbabel, son of Shatiel, and Joshua, the son of Jehozadak, the high priest, with all the remnant of the people, obeyed the voice of the Lord. Now there's a big word. Obeyed the voice of the Lord their God and the words of Haggai the prophet as the Lord their God had sent him. And the people feared or respected the Lord. Then Haggai, the messenger of the Lord, spoke to the people with the Lord's message. I am with you, declares the Lord. And the Lord stirred up the spirit of Zerubbabel, son of Shatil, governor of Judea, and the spirit of Joshua, the son of Jehozadak, the high priest, and the spirit of all the remnant of the people. So, all right, God stirs us to work. God stirs us to build his house. Now notice, he stirs the spirit, he stirs the spirit, and he stirs the spirit of all the remnant of the people. In other words, everybody wants to do it, okay? We can call this creation of desire. On the 24th day of the month, on the sixth month, in the second year of King Diagoras, chapter 2, verse 1. In the seventh month, on the 21st day of the month, the word of the Lord came by the hand of Haggai the prophet. Speak now to Zerubbabel, the son of Shatiel, governor of Judah, and to Joshua, the son of Jehozadak, the high priest, and to all the remnant of the people, and say, Who is left among you who saw this house, God's house, in its former glory? How do you see it now? Is it not as nothing in your eyes? Wow. Is it not as nothing? You, you look at God's house. It's nothing. No, no. God wants his house to be beautiful and splendid. You know, when we look at the houses of God today, forgive me, too many Christians are very happy to just go, it's okay, it'll do. But you want your house to be splendid. 
He said, is it not nothing in your eyes? Yet now be strong, O Zerubbabel, declares the Lord. Be strong, O Joshua, son of Jehozadak, the high priest. Be strong, O you people of the land, declares the Lord. Work, for I am with you, declares the Lord of hosts. Okay, here's a command with a promise. Work, for I am with you. Now, folks, to work without God is frustration. But when God says work because I'm with you, their success. According to the covenant I made with you when you came up out of Egypt, my spirit remains in your midst. Fear not. For thus says the Lord of hosts, yet once more in a little while, I will shake the heavens and the earth, the sea and the dry land, and I will shake all nations so that the treasuries of all nations shall come in, and I will fill this house with glory, says the Lord of hosts. God said, I'll bring wealth into my house. <laughs> and this word glory literally means wealth. God said, the treasuries, of course, you can see that. God said, I'll fill this house with wealth. The silver is mine and the gold is mine, declares the Lord. The latter glory of this house shall be greater than the former, says the Lord of hosts. And in this place, I will give peace declares the Lord of hosts, in this place, in Jerusalem, I will give peace. On the 24th day of the ninth month, in the second year of Iris, the word of the Lord came by Haggai the prophet. Thus says the Lord of hosts, ask the priests about the law. If someone carries holy meat in the fold of his garment and touches it with the, his fold with bread or stew or wine or oil or any kind of food, does it become holy? And the priest answered and said, no. Then Haggai said, if someone who is unclean by contact with the dead body touches any of these, does it become unclean? And the priest answered and said, it does become unclean. Then Haggai answered and said, so it will be with this people and with this nation before me, declares the Lord. And so with, ev and so with every work of their hands, what they offer there is unclean. Now then, consider from this day onward, before stone was placed upon stone in the temple of the Lord. He said, now think clearly. How did you fare? When one came to a heap of 20 measures, there were but 10. When one came to the wine vat to draw 50 measures, there were but 20. I struck you and all the products of your toil with blight and with mildew and with hail. Yet you did not turn to me, declares the Lord God. Consider, consider, consider. These are important words. Think about these things. From this day forward, from the 24th day of the ninth month, since the day the foundation of the Lord's temple was laid, consider, is the seed yet in the barn? Indeed, the vine, the fig tree, the pomegranate, and the olive tree have yielded nothing. But from this day on, I will bless you. Wow. But from this day on, I will bless you. When you build God's house, takes pleasure in it. He said, from this day on, I will bless you. The word of the Lord came a second time to Haggai on the 24th day of the month. Speak to Zerubbabel, governor of Judah, saying, I am about to shake the heavens and the earth and to overthrow the thrones of the kingdoms. I am about to destroy the strength of the kingdoms of the nations and overthrow the chariots and their riders and the horses and their riders shall go down, everyone by the sword of his brother. On that day, declares the Lord of hosts, 
I will take you, O Zerubbabel, my servant, the son of Shatiah, declares the Lord, and make you like a signet ring. For I have chosen you, declares the Lord of hosts. Now, this is a powerful passage of the people of Israel saying, these are hard times. It's not time to focus on building the house of God. It's just, and, but he said, if you want to build a nice house for yourself, he said, no, look, nothing that you're doing is prospering. You're just, you're just existing. You're living hand to mouth. He said, from the day you begin to build my house, I will prosper you. These are great and precious promises, brothers and sisters. All right. We're going to close out there today. A little shorter today. It's Christmas Day. I want you to take time with the family. Read that Christmas story together. And we'll see you in service tonight or Fortress 91 for a Christmas moment for you and your family.